This is the No More Wasted Days podcast, and we're your hosts, Sarah Kaufman Bradstreet and Heather PG. Grab your favorite NA drink and listen as we share vulnerable stories so you never feel alone on your alcohol-free journey. And gain insights from us as we break down our most used tips and strategies that have kept us alcohol-free. It's time to break free from wasting any more of your days to the drinking blackout hangover cycle. All right, so we're going to kick off today's episode talking about feeling your feelings. Oh, Such yeah. a really, oh yeah, it's a big one. And when you first quit drinking and in life too, I mean, in all the research I've done, there's no secret to feeling your feelings any other way, but to feel them. Yeah. And I feel like it's magnified when you quit drinking. And yes, it can, it's, I think it's one of the reasons a lot of people will end up drinking again and they don't quite realize that that is the reason they think it's something else, but it is this learning to navigate your feelings. Yeah. I heard it described as walking around without skin when you first quit drinking. Oh my gosh. I love that. It's like, yeah, I love it. I don't want to scare people who might be listening and are sober curious, but it is, it's like, there's so many good things, but then there are moments where you're just very exposed. But I think you have to remember too, that you're not actually as exposed as you feel like you are. Definitely. I think that like just acknowledging that they're universal, it's a human experience. And in the modern world we live in now, like We seek to escape, relax, and alcohol definitely provides those things. But there are other other ways to handle them. And you don't delay it when you don't numb it out. Yeah. You know? And it's not a fix. That was the thing I had to learn. I wasn't fixing anything by numbing it with alcohol. Yeah, for sure. When we've numbed and suppressed our feelings and emotions through drinking, And like I said, there's other distractions. It's like we're in a cramped closet and it's just like trying to come out. I mean, they really are, you know, when you think about when I was a drinker, I would typically be like fairly like fun loving until I wasn't, right? Yeah. And then I would be bawling my eyes out, listening to the most depressing music possible. And I'm laughing because I'm like, yep. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And then it was like a repeated cycle. And like one of our group members has said to me many times, like, you have to feel it to heal it. And that is so true. Yeah, it really is. And it's so cliche. And I didn't understand that saying. And I heard that saying so many times before I quit drinking. And I was like, I don't feel my feelings like that is that's not for me. I almost wore it as like this badge of honor that I didn't really let my feelings like I'm not a wear my feelings on my sleeve person. And I always tell people, like, I remember chatting with a best friend and saying, oh, no, I grew up in a family where we don't do feelings. We stuff them deep, deep down inside. And I can just take them away with me when I die. No one needs to get the big feelings. They'll just go with me to my grave. And I'm like, when I quit drinking, all those feelings started coming out. And there were so many that I had stuffed in that it was just kind of overwhelming, but also really cathartic. Like I started being like crying in my car and being like, I don't really know why, but I'm just going to go with it. (laughs) I'm just going to feel it. And I just started 
letting some of those out. And then all of a sudden that feel to heal made sense because before I was like, what are people even talking about? And I'm like, oh shit. Like I was burying everything so deep down. And now I'm realizing like, oh, I needed to just feel it. And that was the way to actually let it process. Yeah. I feel like when you feel the feelings and like using the closet as an analogy, like things are just more clear and they're, you know, up on the shelf nicely or at least delineated in some way. Yeah. Like you can process them and kind of like think about them into little piles like, oh, over here is my shelf for anger and over here is Mm -hmm. my shelf for sadness and this is my shelf for happiness. And I think that I think that when we break it down like that and people just start to find out that it's not this huge thing, you can actually just compartmentalize and start to go like, oh, this is this feeling and this is this feeling and this one is this. And then after you start organizing them, that's when you can start going, this is what really helps me with anger and this is what really helps me with sadness. Yeah, definitely. I think I think about toddlers a lot. Well, I have one and I observe my daughter. Like she will say, get upset playing with a toy and she'll wail, scream, cry, get it out and then go back to playing again. And she's present and it's kind of, kind of over in that moment. And she's, you know, back to being happy. I think there's a lot to be learned about feelings when we look at our kids. Oh yeah. They teach us a lot. They're like, they're little natural feelers and they they do the feel to heal. They're right there. And I think sometimes we try to kind of go, oh, yo, you know, don't scream. Don't do that. Like, don't do that right now. Not at the grocery store. But it's almost like, yeah, right. just let it out. <laughs> Get it out. And then you'll be okay. And it's going to be like, oh, now I can be good. I can go through the grocery store the rest of the way. Yeah. I think that kids teach us so much about feelings and emotions. And, you know, I just let her get it out. Because naturally, like, if somebody starts crying in front of you, you're like, oh, don't cry. I'm yep. just like, you know what? I want to cry and lay on the floor and scream too sometime. Mm-hmm. Just go right ahead. Yeah. I feel like crying is the one for me that I tried to hold in for so long. Like crying meant shame to me for some reason. And I try to look back and figure out like, why Why did crying and sadness equal shame? And now I feel like I, I let it out a lot more naturally. It's like just yesterday, it's like we had our son's conference and there was nothing terrible, but I just felt this moment where I could really empathize with him, where he just had everybody talking about him to him and there was nothing terrible, but I could see that it was overwhelming to him. And I was in the conference and my eyes were welling up and I was like, oh God, not here. Let's just, let's bottle it up right now and then you can cry about it later. Like I totally tabled it. We got home, the kids got out of the car and I looked at my husband and I said, Oh, I just felt like I was going to cry. It's like I could kind of feel that pressure on him, even though nothing was going on. I could just see it in him. And then finally, I just, I just cried for like 10 seconds, 30 seconds. Like it didn't take long. And then I was like, oh, I'm good. It was really like, I thought about how we talk about on the calls, like schedule a time to worry about that, schedule a time to be sad about that. And it really was like, I was like, okay, not socially appropriate right now because nothing's bad. (laughs) Like. But I can feel it bubbling and I just need to let it out. And I let it out in a safe space later and just, it was good. And I was like, okay. And my husband was even like, there's no reason to be sad. Like everything was all good. And I was like, no, no, I know. It's more just this like 
I had his feelings. They were in me. I had to get them out in a different way. And I feel like yeah. that's almost like next level. It was like, whoa, that's some feeling right there. Definitely. There's a lot of growth with that. And to the folks who are listening who are afraid of their feelings, like I was, what helps you build trust is what you said. Like you table it and come back to it. That helps you build trust in yourself. And then it just goes so much smoother when these big feelings and emotions come up because your mind and body are like, okay, we got you. Yeah. Like we're okay. Yeah. I know for me, happen. like, yeah, anger is the easiest one for me, but it's the least vulnerable. And it's like you're part of your protector piece. That's what they're teaching me in IFS, internal family I was going to say, I'm like, you're talking internal family systems right now when you're talking your protector parts. I was hoping we would kind of touch on that because that's something I've been slowly learning about and learning about in a very non-professional way, like just learning about by listening to other people talk about it, reading books. But it has been so helpful and so helpful in the feelings territory, especially when you're not not a feeler, not a natural feeler, like it sounds like we are. And like, it sounds like a lot of people who were heavier drinkers are. Like when I talk to people, they're like, oh yeah, no, 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 I don't feel. Like that's a very common theme when I talk to people who are healing from over drinking and learning how to be alcohol free. And they're like, but now I'm having to feel and it's just really hard. And it is really hard to tell people like, well, first you, I just need to tell you like, it's okay. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to be, feel lonely. It's okay to feel all of those things. And it does not define who you are. You're just having a feeling. Yeah. And I think a lot of us drink to suppress our feelings and emotions. So when people first quit drinking, you'll see, like you said, some depression come out, some anxiety come out because, you know, they've been, your feelings and emotions have been depressed suppressed for a long time. Some things that help me, I've been meditating, and all this is new to in the past year, meditating, journaling, two times of therapy, life coaching, <laughs> and like the feeling wheel. Oh yeah, I just saw you talk about that, and I was so interested. I need to dive into that more. Yeah, because at first I was like, well, I know the big one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't feel one emotion at a time. It's helpful to, like, look at that wheel as childlike as that may sound and get subsets of the feeling and being like, okay, I feel these these ways. And that's been really, really helpful. What are some things that have been helpful for you, Sarah? Well, you mentioned two of them for sure with meditation and journaling. I feel like meditation has, like, allowed me to clear the cobwebs out of my brain and just kind of start learning how to organize my thoughts and organize my feelings. And it is nothing crazy that I do. It is a guided meditation. I try to do one every day, every weekday. I try to do one. And I can tell on the weekends when I don't do them. I'm like, oh, I got to start working these in. And both you and I use an app, just hit play, listen to the person talk, follow what they're saying. And it really does feel like I'm just organizing myself, organizing my emotions, organizing those those constant thoughts that are always happening, which lead to those 
feelings for us. And then journaling has been huge. I don't do it enough. I always say I'm going to do it. and But I do find that I do a lot of journaling through like writing of my emails and my writing of my Instagram posts. And it's a really cathartic thing for me. They're more organized than a journal entry would be. Because when I really am journaling about a feeling, I just sit and write. Don't worry if it makes sense. I don't worry about my handwriting. I just like write it out. And it is crazy some of the things that come out. You don't have to process it in that moment. You just have to write it. But I think those two are my two biggest this year. And I'm in my fourth year of sobriety now. And it is really learning how to go the distance now with this thing. Like, okay, we're through that warm, fuzzy feeling part of the beginning. Oh, life is so bright, sunshiny without alcohol. And now it's like, okay, now we're we're really doing this. We're really going for it. Like my next goal is that five-year goal. And then I'm like, whoa, then it's like 10 years. <laughs> that seems like a huge jump, but it is like, well, how am I going to get there? Well, I need the tools in place to be able to handle my emotions. And another one for me that has been huge this year is listening to music, just putting in the AirPods. And instead of always choosing a podcast, which is my normal go-to, I started putting on music and just listening to it. Either, you know, songs that just kind of make me feel like dancing and grooving, but I also have a Sarah Sings Along music playlist. And I will play that. And I walk my dog each morning at the state park and nobody's ever there. So I'm just out there singing by the water with my dog. And it is so cathartic. And I cry when it happens. And it's just like, yes. So if you if you're musically inclined or not, put in the headphones and listen to some music. And I tell people, there are songs that can move you to tears each time. Use those when you're feeling sad. And you don't know why. Yeah. Like, I, there's times where I'm like, I'm just feeling down and I don't know why. Well, then put on Gravity by Sarah Bareilles and cry it out and just be like, OK, I feel a little better now. I think those are my biggest ones. And then embracing it all, embracing crying, being like, that's all right. That's been a huge one for me because when I cry, you can tell I get really red. I get really puffy. I remember being a kid in elementary school, being really embarrassed when I cried because you could see it. And it took me a long time to be able to not see it physically. But I've just started being like, well, if I'm crying, it's all right. <laughs> I'm just going to go for it because it's a normal thing. Yeah, I love the thought about or what you said about singing. That is really, I'm not a singer, but it is really healing. Like when I'm in the car and I'm blaring some old school Tori Amos, it's just, oh yeah, uh, it's, I'll, I'll be feeling the feelings and it, it's just helpful. It's really cathartic. Yeah. And the journaling, you know, if, if folks who are listening are new to journaling, like it doesn't have to be this dear diary, you know, type setup, just you can bullet words and just just let it out and burn it, release it, whatever you need to do. If privacy is a thing that you're concerned about. So when I think about like feelings and emotions, I, I think of like our head, our brain, our mind as like this really crowded city, big, busy city. And our heart is like an open countryside because in our culture, in American culture, at least, you know, we're not really taught to like tune into our body or like how does that feel on your body trauma survivors we're, mm -hmm. it's a whole it's a whole lot that we're really not taught about feelings and emotions and that's kind of helpful to me my brain is a city my heart is like a big old countryside i love that and 
Yeah, it seems to be. This was a helpful way to think about it because our brain. I have a very busy brain, and you know, another cool thing that I've been researching is that feelings only last ninety seconds. That's crazy. I know. I don't and know if I believe it. I don't know. I don't know if I, I do mean, either. And I've, I am like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start thinking about it and start watching yeah. them for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's fascinating. I think it's the intensity we give the feeling and then the, the rumination, you know. Like, if you're a grudge holder, which I am, unfortunately, you know, then it's like, let's count every wrongdoing that this mm-hmm. person has done since I've known them. And then you just go on that loop. And But when I when I heard that they last 90 seconds, I was like, there's some freedom in that. And it yeah. also, like, yields toward like this is temporary yeah that's what i thought when i was reading it and it's almost that same power or the power that you take away from a craving when you know it only lasts 15 minutes so it takes away a lot of the power from an emotion when you can just be like it's 90 seconds if we don't interfere with them if we don't sit there and start going down the rabbit hole and i think that's what it is for me i i have certain things that trigger me and I will mm-hmm. just, woo, let's go down this little spiral. Let's just go down the spiral of thinking I do everything for the family and I, nobody does anything for me. And it's time to just get super pissed off about it. And it's like, no, if I just let the feeling be there and kind of go, oh, I don't know if that's true. Let's just yeah. let that sit for a little while and go do something else. I bet it would pass so quick. Yeah. And a lot of times our feelings or data or information. Yeah. You know, we don't have to be so attached to what they mean per se, but just let it give you the information. Just notice them, observe them, you know, try not to to attach to them is helpful. I think that's huge because that's kind of goes into like the the limiting thoughts, the thought cycles we can go into. And, and there's all the people that say, you're not your thoughts. I think it's kind of, it's the same for you're not your feelings. They're, they're just yeah. an emotional response in your body. And it doesn't define who you are as a person. It doesn't define you in the long term. And it's just something that you just need to let pass. You just need to feel it as much as it sucks. Like, I hate that that's the top advice is to like really feel it. What does it feel like? Yeah. What is it like you've said before too, like, what does it feel like in your body? And that's something Mm -hmm. that I totally do now when I am like, I feel angry. And I'm like, well, how do you know? What does it feel like? I'll just start kind of asking myself those questions and really go, well, it feels like my shoulders are tight. It feels like I'm gritting my teeth. Okay, well, what can you do to change that? Okay, I can relax my tongue, like drop your tongue and take a few deep breaths and drop my shoulders. And then I'll be like, okay, maybe I'm not angry. So it really is learning. And like you said, collecting the data and saying, what is anger in my body? What is sadness in my body? What are the littler emotions that equal the bigger emotions for me? Yeah, definitely. And it takes practice. It's like anything. It takes practice. And a lot of us are on a healing journey. And it's just crucial to be able to heal it or try to or at least try to feel it in real time because the longer you put it off, the harder it's going to be. And I'm yeah. living proof of that. And mm-hmm. like I had an awareness when my dad passed away. I was like, 
I know that I am drinking to numb this pain. I knew it and I was aware of it and I did it anyway because I didn't want to feel it. And when we recently moved, I went through a lot of his stuff and I just cried and laughed and felt incredibly intense feelings. And I think I'm much better for it. Yeah. And isn't it such a better way to honor something, someone to actually feel it and feel like, I feel sad today. And it's because I miss my dad. I feel sad today. And it's because of this. And I think that so many times we're taught to just move on, just keep going, just keep pushing through and, and pushing through the chaos every single day. And then all of a sudden, five years later, you're like, oh, no, I didn't process that. And now I've got to mm-hmm. process it. And it's worse. And maybe there's guilt because you didn't process it. And it's just a cycle. But if we really can just be like, I'm just going to process it. Like, yeah, it's cathartic. I think, too, people should start saying it's cool to feel your feelings. Like it is really yeah. this cool thing to go, oh, man, I'm I'm feeling this way today. I'm feeling this way today. I used to think it was only cool to feel positive. That was the only emotion I had. If you saw me walking down the hallway at work, I was smiling. That was my thing. And I was always like, I'm going to smile so everybody else smiles. And now I'm just like, or not. Just kind of be who you are and don't worry about what you think society will accept more. And just start thinking to yourself, I'm going to feel the way I feel. Then that's okay. And I'm going to really do it with pride. Yeah, definitely. I agree 100%. I would never describe myself as a highly positive person. I mean, I am, but I'm, I guess I'm not that perky. But yeah, like just, you know, be you and try to feel in the moment. And as I'm known for saying, just keep it moving. Yeah. You know, yeah. Feel it and keep going. One of the things that has been helpful to me is like I'm safe in this moment, even if I'm experiencing discomfort you know, taking those deep breaths. We can get through this. We don't know how, but we can. And just placing your hand over your heart and over your belly and saying, in this moment, I'm okay. Yes. Yeah. I love the, I'm safe in this moment. I think that that's huge. Because I think a lot of us think, if I allow myself to feel this feeling, terrible things could happen. Like I know, I know I feel like it could be the end of the world. And then I have to sit back and remind myself, I have felt a lot of feelings and none of them have killed me yet. I'm yep. still here. So mm-hmm. it's okay. And especially if I know I'm in a safe space with my family, somewhere where everyone's going to accept me, no matter how I react to the emotion, it is okay. And I think another huge thing for me is that I get really embarrassed with how I handle my emotions in really heated moments. I'm never proud of myself later on when I know I flipped my lid at like the customer service rep. That's one of my biggest examples. And I feel like it's so small, but I just feel a lot of shame when I'm like, I was mean to someone who didn't need me to be mean to them. And I handled that wrong and I'm embarrassed now. And I've started kind of going, okay, well, let's then collect the collect the data on it. And let's start saying, okay, before you make a phone call, you're going to talk about how you know everybody's in this to help you. And everybody just wants yeah. to do their job and help you through it. You're not going to yell at anybody. You're not going to flip your lid. And I feel like I'm growing so much and getting so much better at it. And it's almost, it's silly to use a customer service rep as an example because there's somebody we don't even know. But I feel like it's something all of us can relate to. And I think it helps us start learning how we really want to react to people that we really know. Because I feel like we really flip our lids the most on 
our spouse, our kids, the people that mean the most to us. And those are the people that it's just like, no, you got to bring them your best. So if you can start practicing it everywhere, but also don't have a lot of shame over when you do flip your lid, then just yeah, figure it out. Like I have, I have lost it recently on my kids and just been like the lid flipped. And it was like, oh God, I just, I just screamed. I just freaked out. And I had to go back later and be like, hey, I'm really sorry I did that. That was embarrassing for me. I don't know where it came from. You guys weren't even really that out of line. It was a lot that was inside of me and I'm learning. And I think it can be huge for them too to go, okay, all right. It was pretty freaky that you did it, mom. (laughs) Like chill out, but okay, you're taking ownership over it. You're learning and that can help them learn too. But those are good examples. And, you know, customer service will make you want to lose your whole mind sometimes. Oh my You're gosh. definitely not alone in that. And, yeah, I think just to recap for folks, just acknowledging this was the human experience and, mm, yeah, you know, kind of looking at your own closet, so to speak, and taking things out and, and processing it, you know, trying to, and... Using some of the tips we mentioned, meditation is so helpful. Exercise, like I tease the folks on our group call about rage walks. And then, you know, I rage cleaned on day three. Apparently I rage and do a lot of things, but hey. It's fine. It's the way to get it out. And then you're left with a cleaner space. So you probably don't feel as much rage then afterwards. There you go. There you go. And just kind of thinking of your mind as a busy city and your heart as an open countryside. I think that's just a nice way to envision and and try to feel like, what is this? How does this feel in my body? I think we are so disconnected from our body, especially when we first quit drinking or if we have a history of a lot of physical or emotional trauma. We're just so disconnected and trying to tap into that meditation is super helpful. And you know, singing about it, listening to Sarah Bareilles' story, whatever works for you, and just telling yourself, like, I'm safe in this moment. Yeah. I'm we safe. don't know how we're going to figure this out, but we're going, we're going to. Yeah. For me, it's the, you mentioned exercise, and I was like, oh my God, that's a huge one for me. And I kind of overlooked it because it's just a habit to me. I do it every day. Not, I don't do it every day. I always say that. I do it Monday through Friday. I try to keep myself pretty scheduled on the weekdays, but I do it so much for one, because, you know, I want to stay healthy as I age. That's a huge one for me. But number two, it just helps me feel mentally for the day. When I don't work out, I am so scattered. I'm a mess. My my workouts used to be these super intense things where I really let it all out. They make me cry sometimes because the endorphins are going so much. But sometimes they're just 30 minutes of stretching. I think just that working our body and in the book, Burnout by, gosh, I can never remember these, their sisters that wrote the book. They have a really unique last name. But if you look up Burnout, I highly recommend it. If you're a woman, they talk about the stress cycle and that by working out each day, you are completing the stress cycle. And they talk about when we were living in our primal times, like say you had to run for a tiger. And you're running, 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 and you're finally safe, and the stress cycle completes itself. But all the time in our life, we're stressed. We're stressed trying to get the kids to school, and we're then we're stressed trying to make sure we're on time for the podcast recording. We're stressed trying to make sure we're here and there. 
and it never gets completed. The stress cycle never gets completed. So it's just caught in you. And working out is this really easy way to get it out. And it's just going to walk. They do talk about that your heart does need to pick up. Your heart needs to beat a little bit. So maybe lighter stretching isn't the thing, but just go do it and look at it as a way to be like, this is going to make me better at handling my emotions. It's going to make me less likely to flip my lid. Because I think a lot of people are like, ugh, working out. And they do give some techniques that are not working out at all, where you can move your body and it gives the same response there to end that stress cycle. So I'm glad you mentioned that in the recap because I was like, oh my gosh, we're doing the recap and I just want to make sure everybody knows this last tip. Yeah, so I love helpful. that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to check that book out. And I like that idea of it completing the stress cycle. I can't yeah. wait to read it. I think that's going to be great. I think that that helped me so much kind of putting a, a name on it because I, I had found that workouts and walking, running, whatever is your cup of tea would bring out these emotions in me. And I never quite really knew why. And now I'm like, oh, because it's completing the stress cycle. When there's a little bit of science behind it, I know I'm just like, oh, okay, perfect. So I'm glad that yeah. helps. I vividly remember being 29 years old and I used to be a jogger. And I remember saying like, the wine is no longer working. And I started jogging two miles at night and two miles in the morning. And it was like, I could feel the stress and emotions like going down my spine, like leaving them behind on the pavement. So yeah. glad that you mentioned that. I used to be a runner and would train for half marathons, like a crazy person. And there were many a long runs where I stopped hands on knees, just crying, just like it's all coming out. And at the time I had really young twins. Like I had a lot to be stressed about. I was a full-time public music teacher. There was stress in my life and I was not processing it except for out on the pavement when I was running. So now when I know that knowledge, I'm like, oh, I wasn't crazy. My body was just doing its job. And thank God I was doing that because beyond that, I was drinking to try to try to deal with it. So at least I was doing one healthy thing and that it carried over into my alcohol-free life too. Definitely. I think that anyone that's listening, if you want to come join us at the Daymakers community, we'll drop it in the show notes so you can come join us and hop on the weekly calls. They are amazing. They are the best part. We actually have eight each month. And six of them are recorded. So if you can't make it to the lives, you get the recording. And it's like you get to talk live to me or Heather, whoever's leading the call that week. Yeah, I always learn something. I have notes that I keep when we're on our calls. And I have so much that I leave the calls from. And I always feel better afterwards. Yeah, me too. They're my favorite thing that I do. Yeah, for sure. And if anyone's interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching, I'll put my email address in the show notes. And if y'all would please give a rating and a review to help us stay visible, we would greatly appreciate it. Yes, it's our way of getting a little boost into the podcast algorithm world. And if you think about it and you like this, take a little screenshot of your phone and post it to your Instagram stories and tag us. And we'll put our handle in the description below, too. 